When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Good. Thank you so much for tuning in to this bonus episode of The Newest Olympian. My name is Mike Schuber. I'm the titular Newest Olympian. I'm a grown man who never read the Percy Jackson books as a kid. I read them as an adult, and now I'm watching the TV show, and I'm honored today to be joined by someone who you all have seen in the TV show across multiple episodes. It is Azzy Dahlman, who plays young Percy. Azzy, how's it going? I am doing really good. I'm Azzy, and I played baby Percy in <laughs> Percy Jackson and the Olympians. It's really nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. I did we didn't we didn't get to speak at the premiere, but I saw you at the premiere in your incredible suit. A plus. You looked fantastic. What went into did you pick that out? Did someone else pick it out for you? Did you have a say in it? It was a fantastic look. Thank you. So basically, I was on a I was on a production a few years back, I think. And we got really close to the person that was doing wardrobe, Bryce, and when we knew that we were going to go to the premiere, we were trying to, you know, think of ideas and like how we could make the suit. And she was like, I can make it. And she was like, like she had all these great ideas. And so she just made a suit. It was crazy. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, they did a great job because it looked fantastic. So before getting to the premiere, obviously, I want to hear from the beginning of becoming young Percy, or as you called, baby Percy, which I feel like I have to call baby Percy from now on. It's fantastic. Almost definitely. What was the process for getting cast for that role? Because I would assume, obviously, they pick Walker, then they're trying to find people to play a younger version of Walker. What was the whole process for you getting to be in the role that you play in the TV show? Well, we got the audition, and... Like, we immediately saw Walker is playing Percy, and we saw he had blue eyes. So we were like, hey, if we actually get this, we would probably need to wear contacts. And my mom was like, um, we should probably, like, try and, like, learn how to put on contacts. <laughs> we were trying to find someone to do it, but they were like, I don't think a kid could do it. I proved them wrong eventually, don't worry. <laughs> and <laughs> my mom had a friend who actually owned, like an optometry i don't know what it's called but like an eye doctor place i want to say optometrist i yeah. think that's it so i think you got it okay cool um <laughs> and she was like hey i can just teach azzy to do it and i was like oh my gosh yeah that sounds amazing so we went there after five minutes i could touch my eye after another 15 minutes i could put them in and take them out all by myself it was great that's so cool <laughs> thank you and um, once we got like shortlisted, we were on a set at the time and the camera was rolling downstairs. And so like upstairs, we were like, OK, if we get this, I'm actually going to scream. So the next like I think it was like two weeks after something, we got the role and it was in the same place. And the camera was also rolling downstairs. 
So you're like, so we can't actually scream, but we <laughs> can just kind of be like, yay, we got it. <laughs> just a little silent celebration. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Thank you. A bunch of kids were like, they would always like talk about like the show and the book. And I was like, the show sounds super cool. I don't know anything about that. Totally, totally. It sounds kind of funny. So then after you get cast, since you didn't know anything about it, did you then read the books or try to do any sort of Percy Jackson research? Or did you just go into it as an actor? Oh, I read the I read the books. I, I, I mean, books. Amazing. I love them. <laughs> Moi. But like when I got cast, I was like acting like I didn't know anything about it. Of the show. Okay. Trying to like not look like you were freaking out about how <laughs> excited yeah. and how cool of an opportunity it was. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to actually doing the role, since you are playing a younger version of Percy, so a younger Walker, did you have to do any sort of preparation where you're trying to act like Walker? Like, did you ever have like meetings with him or was there coaching of like, well, Walker does this. So if you're being a younger Walker, you have to do that. Did that factor in at all? A little bit. I mean, like, more just like I'm an actor. It wasn't, like, meetings with, like, Walker or something. But I, like, I saw Walker in the natural habitat of press <laughs> meetings for The Adam Project. And I saw, like, he does this certain smile, and he got this, like, sense of humor. Um, So, I could, like, that factored in a bit to young Percy. I mean, I never got to use the smile, because all my <laughs> scenes are sad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have some emotionally gripping scenes, especially in the most recent episode that just went live at the time of recording this episode seven just dropped. So you had some emotionally tough scenes mm -hmm. because in these scenes, mostly it's like you with Virginia who plays Sally. Did you ever get to either be on set at the same time as Walker or interact with any of the other kids or were your scenes all kind of done separately? My scene, like my scenes were with like Walker or like Orion or Leah. But I did get to meet them because, like, one day I just, like, finished a day on set and they had also finished. And so they came over to me and they were like, hi, you play the younger version of me. That's cool. Let's get pictures. <laughs> that was fun. And, um, Walker and Orion was there. And then another day I had just, like, gotten a COVID test because, like, it was kind of more in the pandemic era, main pandemic. Mm -hmm. So... I saw Leah at Crafty and I popped over and I was like, you play Annabeth, don't you? You're so cool. Eyes, you look just like from the book. You look, you're just like basically the character. And uh, we got a picture and it was cool. That was a good day. That's awesome. You mentioned Crafty. This is something I've always been fascinated because I've heard from Daphne Olive, one of the staff writers, that the craft tables had really, really nice food. Was there a particular food or snack or something that you really enjoyed at the craft tables? Okay. First of all, craft tables, crafty, just amazing. It was the best crafty ever. Anyway, I think that one day they had like coconut shrimp and it was like really good. And they also had this miso soup one day. And oh my gosh, moi. It was amazing, and I loved it. Sounds quite tasty. Sounds really tasty. Speaking of food and acting, in one of those scenes in episode seven, you are having a conversation with Sally, and there is the, what I've been calling the apology Sunday. the, I'm sorry we have to bring you to this school, here's a really big ice cream Sunday. You never actually see your character eat it, 
But when shooting was over, did they let you have a little taste of it? Because it looked delicious. And I applaud you for having the restraint to not eat it during the scene. First of all, um, I say first of all a lot. Second of all, (laughs) see, it would still be delicious, but it was large. Mm, Okay. I mean, it would have been delicious still. I'm I'm just saying. But they're like, probably don't want to eat that. Yeah. So so I didn't. I mean, I I would, though. (laughs) Um. But a, a really cool thing they did was like at the end of that day, they were like, hey, just take this tub of ice cream. That was really nice of them. OK, so in the end, you did get some ice cream, which I think probably is better than the lard artistic looking ice cream. Take the real thing mm-hmm. over the prop thing. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. There's some other really fun scenes that you get to shoot. One of the flashbacks is the swimming scene. Is swimming something that you are a fan of? Are you a particularly good swimmer? Or was this a, a tougher scene for you to film where you're actively in the pool, surrounded by all the kids, Sally's frustrated, all that kind of stuff? I really like swimming. Every day of 2020, I went swimming. Woo! I love swimming. And we like we have a beach pretty close to our house. So we can like pop there anytime we want, basically. Okay. So I I really like swimming. So you were ready to be the son of the sea god, no problem at all. But I guess that's another credit to your acting is that you seem to be very comfortable in the water. You had to act as someone who was more scared of the water, which is funny given who Percy becomes. And I think you hinted at this on the blue carpet with Liam. And then also, I think on social media, you had posted something where it said changes. Was there originally an underwater component to that scene? Are you allowed to talk about it? I don't want to get you in trouble. (laughs) You can say no comment. Well, we did the underwater scene, but like they changed the story. So they replaced that scene with, um, I believe, the sand, like the scene with Kronos. And since the story changed, it didn't really make sense for the plot for that scene to be in it. Okay, okay. Even though it didn't make it into the show, what was it like for you to film scenes that involved you being underwater? Was that something new? Was it fun? I really liked the underwater scenes. I kind of feel bad because, like, they wanted to get the underwater scenes done, like, uh, before, like, I think, like, one more shot. And I just kind of feel bad because my hair got all wet. And Jessica, she was pregnant and she had to like blow dry my hair. And I just, I don't know. I just kind of felt bad. Yeah, I mean, it's a big production. There's a lot that goes into it. Speaking of the hair, I know you didn't wear a wig for the role because there were scenes involving water. This was another thing that you had talked to Liam about. Did they do particular things to your hair to try and make it look more like walkers? Like, I can see you right now. Your hair looks a little bit darker than it is in the show. Was there dyes involved? What kind of stuff went into changing your hair? Well, my hair is, like, usually probably a bit darker than this, but, like, brown. Mm-hmm. So I got my hair dyed blonde, and, oh, my gosh, they did such a good job. <laughs> like, they just, they made it look, like, exactly like walkers. I think that and... Like, the eye contacts really, really sealed the deal. Like, it just, I'm full baby Percy mode when I get the hair. Did you like being blonde? Did you see yourself in the mirror and go, ooh, this works on me? Or was it weird to see yourself with hair color different than what you've been used to your whole life? It's definitely grown. Like, I loved it when I first got it. But then I, like, then I kind of got weirded out by it. But then I was like, it grew on me. Okay. Now I, like, I see my old hair and I'm like... 
Really? That's what I looked like, though? <laughs> I think at your age, you're going to get a lot of that, <laughs> where you're going to be looking different. And hopefully you don't make the same mistakes I did, where I had I had some bad haircut eras in my life. I had a bowl cut. Don't go there. I had some bad times in my life. I trust that, that you will avoid the mistakes <laughs> of your <laughs> elders. And I think you can continue to have fresh hair going on. We've talked about hair. We've talked about fashion. I think young Percy actually has a really strong fashion game. He, you've got the Met outfit where he has the windbreaker and the striped shirt. You've got the really nice yellow knit sweater in episode seven. Even his swimming long sleeve shirt looks pretty cool. His school blazer is a good look. Was there a particular costume when you were doing all the different scenes that you liked the most or thought looked the best on you? Okay. First of all, I really like the blazer. Like, I really like the school uniform, but I gotta give it to yellow sweater baby Percy. I mean, just like, that's baby Percy in, in, his, in his prime. I, I just gotta say. Yeah, I think that's gonna be, like, when people think of the truest form of him. Like, if anyone was gonna go as baby Percy for Halloween or as a cosplay at a Comic-Con or something, I think the yellow sweater is gonna stand out as the iconic look. It looked really nice. It looked really comfy. It looked soft. So, I think it was I think it was a good look. I think I, I would agree with you on that being the freshest baby Percy fit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was really comfortable. It was just really comfortable. And I thought it looked good. And I just loved, I loved that sweater. Did you get to keep anything from the production? Like, did they let you go home with the, either any props or clothes or knickknacks or anything like that? Not, like, not really. I mean, you know, I don't think we took that. Like, we didn't take anything. Maybe, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully there will be a next time. We'll have to see exactly how that all factors in if they still do flashbacks. But I think it could be very fun. And I know people enjoyed what you brought to the role. The flashbacks is fun. And I think what's really cool about it is that a lot of your scenes, as you would know, are things that don't necessarily happen in the book. Like it's new things that we get to see. Since you had read the books and you love them, how did you feel about being kind of a character that we don't see as much? And what was it like to do scenes that were completely new to the whole universe? Okay. I'm so sorry, but I just I just thought of something. It's actually please. It's, it's please. actually on my desk right now. We took this Percy Jackson like binder thing <gasps> and it has just a bunch of like ideas from set. Cool. It was like some things to think about. Well, acting okay cool kind of like a binder that like a dramaturg or something would put hmm. together and it has um this was a picture of the pegasus that i was like supposed to have drawn right i really like it honestly it's peak artistry i have a bunch of them <laughs> it's probably the best drawing ever i was gonna say do you think you could do a better drawing than that drawing or is no, that far that, ahead that, of your artistic ability it's just like it's so artistic, really. It's just like way ahead of me. Picasso who? <laughs> Do you know who actually did the drawing or was it just given to you as a prop where here, this is young baby Percy's drawing? I don't know who did it. It must have been like someone, like someone's kid or something in the, like the art department. But it was, um, it's just peak artistry, honestly. It's amazing. That's fun. So I guess going back to the question I was saying before, you get to be in these scenes that aren't in the book. They are new to the universe. Was it 
exciting for you to be in scenes that no one had ever seen before? How did that feel to act in those scenes? I really like, like, I really liked acting in those scenes because it's just like everyone sees them and they're like, that wasn't in the book, but it's in the TV show. Oh my God. And I think it's like a nice little surprise for everyone. And I think it adds, it adds a certain, I don't know, it just helps with like Percy's backstory. Yeah. It informs his character. It kind of lets us see what led up to Percy becoming the person that we all know and love. (laughs) And I feel like it's things that really kind of track, you know, I feel like a lot of these scenes, you see them and it goes and your first thought is, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Mm -hmm. Did you get to have any conversations with Rick Riordan or Becky Riordan? I didn't meet Rick Riordan or Becky Riordan. I mean, they might be a hologram. I wouldn't know. But (laughs) basically, I've heard that they're very nice. And I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to listen to that because I feel like that would be the truth. Yeah. If they're not holograms, though. I'm pretty sure they're real people. If they are holograms, they're very convincing holograms because I've seen them in person before. I've never directly interacted with them. But yeah, maybe they are just really, really well-crafted holograms. Now, someone that you did get to interact with who does seem to be very nice is Virginia, who plays Sally. Did you have a special motherly bond with your fictional mother? Because the two of you have so many scenes together. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's like a motherly bond. It's just like a, like at the end, we became like really good friends. And yeah. Yeah. Did the two of you have any sort of, I don't know if they do like chemistry reads or sessions. Like, is there anything done before actual shooting to get the two of you prepped to act like a mother-son duo? Or was that just all kind of like lights, camera, action? Because the chemistry was certainly there. Thank you. We didn't really do like a chem read or anything, but we, I don't know, we just kind of like hit it off when we first met each other. That's really cool. Now, have you been watching the show as it's been coming out? Have you been watching either with friends or family, anything like that? Well, every Tuesday on Percy Jackson Tuesday, I go on the couch with my family and I watch the brand new episode of Percy Jackson after ballet because I, I have it for three hours. The episode comes out like somewhere in that time and then we get there, everyone's talking about it and then we watch it. Has everyone in your family been enjoying the show? Are they excited seeing you on the silver screen, I guess? I think they like it. I I don't know. I don't think anyone else in my family has read the books other than my brother, but he's only read the first one. I think they like it. I don't actually know their thoughts about it. They probably do. <laughs> I think they would. It's It's been a really good show. I think you're doing a really good job. Thank it's got to be a really fun experience. And I guess speaking of fun experiences, at the Met premiere, we talked about your outfit, but did you have a fun time being at the premiere, seeing it on the huge screens, eating the free food? Was that fun for you? Free food, good. I like free food. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was so nice to meet fans at the premiere. And I... Like, it's nice to see Walker, Leah, and Arian again. And, okay, it was just, like, such a wonderful experience. And I really, like, I found a new hobby. I really like interviews for some reason. Oh. They're just so fun. Okay. I thought everyone was so nice. I got to meet one of my personal heroes, Jason, Jason Mendoza, I think. 
How do you? I don't Jason know. Jason Manzukis. Manzukis. That's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, look, it's it's a tough one. There's lots of letters. It's a little tricky, so <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, you got to meet Jason Manzukis. What was that like? Well, he's like he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. He he was just so nice, and he's a really he like he's really funny, and. You know, I crossed out something on my bucket list, meeting him. That's fun. As far as other acting things, is there something that you enjoy? I'm sure you've done a lot of different things from movies to TV shows to plays. Is there one particular thing you enjoy the most? Well, I really like this. Sound, this is going to sound weird, but I really like being in Hallmarks. They're just so fun to shoot because you like you meet everyone. It's like, you know, 15 days, you get like a good friendship. And then you probably will see them again on a different Hallmark. And they're also like happy and nice. And they're so fun to shoot. And also, okay, I haven't, I haven't like done one, but I really want to be on a sitcom. Oh, okay. I can see you on a sitcom. Okay, final question just before we wrap things up here. Is there any sort of fun behind the scenes story thing that was... Uh, a fun experience from filming or just anything that people might not know that you could say like, oh, here's this cool little behind the scenes thing that happened. Any sort of fun story like that? Okay. Two things. Number one, I got to sit in Dan's chair (laughs) and we got a picture of that. And we like, I think every time we get off a set, we will like put a little gold, gold coin in a little like, um, bag thing with like a picture and the picture was me and Dan's chair. <laughs> That's really fun. So you're in Dan shots, the showrunner's chair. That's fun. <laughs> and also when, like when we saw him at the premiere, he was like, you know, I still have that picture and the gold coin on my desk. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, what a nice guy. <laughs> Number two, did you know the Met scene and there's the statue of Perseus? Mm-hmm. So we were doing that scene so emotional. Like, it's um, a great mother and son scene. It, like, it really shows the bond. Uh, Perseus has no pants on. Uh, like, I'm looking at the statue. It was just a great scene. Yeah. It was, like, just head level. <laughs> to his lack of pants situation. <laughs> his, his situation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, again, dedication to the craft in your acting that you didn't break or show any sort of squeamishness by being face to situation with Perseus. A well done job by you. Thank you. Well, Azzy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. This was a really fun interview, and it's been great to get to know a little bit more about what went into the show. And here's hoping that in future seasons, there's more baby Percy flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of the Heroes of Olympus books, but if they ever make that into a show, maybe age timeline, you'll be the right age to be Percy in that. Like, who knows? Let's keep it all going. Hopefully there is more Azzy in the Percy Jackson universe to come. Hopefully we see some more from you. And more yellow sweater. Oh gosh, yellow, I mean, look, we need more of the yellow sweater. I understand why you would be a fan of Hallmarks because Christmas movies, like that's gonna be all sweaters, like mm-hmm. the best sweaters in the game. So yeah. yeah, let's, I think whatever whatever we gotta do to get you in more comfortable, cozy sweaters. I think that's that's the, the aspirations we have for 2024. I'm gonna make a petition for yes. people to sign 
to mm-hmm. get me in more comfy yellow sweaters. I think it's good. Yeah, make a change.org thing. Mm-hmm. We can get a hashtag going. Definitely. More sweaters for Azzy. I think it'll work. I think it'll be great. I think so too. I think so too. It was really nice to meet you. <laughs> you as well. Thank you so much. Have a nice one. <laughs> What a lovely interview with such a lovely person. Gosh, what a nice kid as he is. So kind, so funny, so well-spoken, so professional. Gah, lovely, delightful, amazing, fantastic. Now, before we get into the second half of the episode where we're going to be talking with Joel Rochester about the UK premiere, just wanted to talk about some updates with the podcast. Also, if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, maybe you saw a clip of the Azzy interview on social media or you're a fan of Joel's and you're here. Hello, thank you for listening. We've got a whole bunch of episodes about the first five books of the Percy Jackson series and a bunch of other interviews with folks who helped make the show a reality. But let me just talk about some updates with the podcast really quickly, and then we will get back into the podcast episode. One thing I haven't talked about on the podcast yet is that I will be at LeakyCon in Portland, Oregon in July of this year. So it's over 4th of July weekend, and I will be doing stuff for the New Olympian as well as Potterless, my Harry Potter podcast. I don't know exactly my schedule quite yet. Whenever I do figure that out, I will post it, but they're still in the very early stages of figuring out programming, so I don't know that they're going to know what days I'm doing things for quite some time. But normally I do something every single day at the convention. It's just a matter of when is the TNO live show? When is the Potterless live show? I'm not sure. And then I should be doing some touring in the Pacific Northwest around that time. Again, I have to figure out exactly what cities, but there's a good chance I end up doing a show in Portland and then in Seattle and then maybe Vancouver or something like that. So just keep your eyes peeled for those things. And also... If you are interested in live shows in other parts of the world, I've got some stuff coming up in the U.S. in the coming months. Got three Florida shows in February, got a Denver show in February, a Phoenix show in February, a Raleigh and a Charlotte show in March. And then I should be adding some stuff for later on in the year. It might not be till around the fall, but there should be some stuff coming up. These are not just the only shows. These are just the only things that have been confirmed. You can get tickets to all of the shows that I'm doing at the slash live. And you can get tickets to LeakyCon at LeakyCon.com. And I don't know if I have a promo code. I think they're going to give me one where you can get a discount on tickets. You can try Potterless and The New Olympian. I don't know if that works, but... I will make sure to announce a promo code if they give me one. And usually you can get like 10% off or something like that. Thank you to everyone who supports the new Olympian on Patreon. That is very cool. Recently, I put up a director's commentary on Patreon. Soon I will be putting up a bonus episode. We'll be doing another Q&A live stream soon. A lot of fun stuff going on over at thenewsolympian.com slash Patreon. And just a lot of fun stuff going on with the podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media so that you don't miss any of the cool stuff that we've got going on. Now, before we get into this second part of the episode. We're going to take a break just for some ad reads. The sponsorships help me do podcasting as a full-time job. And because this bonus episode is basically the length of a full episode, we're just going to put some quick ads in. Some of them will be read by me. Others of them won't be. The ones that aren't read by me are inserted locally. So if you live in Andorra, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in Catalan. But once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of The Newest Olympian. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Welcome back, everyone, to this bonus interview episode of The Newest Olympian. We are here by someone who you have heard on the podcast a few times before and someone (laughs) that you may have consumed their video content on YouTube or Instagram or their video game content. It's Joel Rochester, a.k.a. Fictional Fates. Joel, how's it going? Hello. I'm doing really well, actually, and I'm really excited to talk about everything that we want to talk about today. Like, the show is exciting and... I'm just really glad to be back. Yes. No, I'm happy to have you back. We're going to have you on when we get to Heroes of Olympus because before recording, you said that those books are fun. So I got to get you on. Yes. But yes, at the time of recording this, episode seven has gone live. Episode eight has not come out yet. So Mm -hmm. just in general, before we talk to you about the UK premiere, how are you enjoying the show? What have you liked? Has there been anything you have not liked as much? What's your thoughts? I am just really happy with the way that the show has adapted the books and like some of the changes that were made for the show are I think absolutely necessary for like the story going forth in like seasons two, three, if they're greenlit, hopefully they're greenlit. Please. (laughs) And I'm just really enjoying it because I think especially as adults, like we, I think we immediately go to like judge the show as like, oh, it's like this, it's like that. But then I think it's always the same thing of when I was reading the books where it's like, I'm not necessarily the target audience for this show, Mm. but like, I'm still enjoying it because I am a reader of the books. But I think kids would love this show so much. And me personally as well, I'm really enjoying like the adventure aspect of it. And just like the subtle things that Rick Ryden and like Becky Ryden as well, like point pointing out and it's just great. Good. And I promise for anyone listening, I did not tell you to say this before the show. (laughs) Weirdly, I just like hadn't dipped into like the discourse at all because I think TNO listeners for the most part have been pretty positive and if critical, it's all like very reasonable takes Mm -hmm. in the discord and stuff like that. And then starting with episode six, I guess because I guessed it on a couple of other Percy Jackson podcasts, then I've been hearing more of the critiques and stuff. And I was like, wait a second, haven't haven't we all just been enjoying this? Isn't it fun? So I promise I didn't tell you to say this, but (laughs) I've been enjoying it too. I think you make a good point in that like it is an adaptation. Not everything is going to be 100% copy paste and then yeah like it's a kids show there's going to be some changes that just kind of make sense like yeah it would have been cool to see Medusa's head get decapitated yeah it would have been cool to see them you know stretch and axe crusty but yeah. like they would have had to have up that age rating like so that's high. true oh that's really fascinating yeah that that's something I could ask folks who make the show like when it comes to TV ratings, like, are there explicit guidelines? Because I know, at least in the States, we have, like, a PG-13 movie. Mm. You are allowed to say the F word once and the S word a couple of times. (laughs) But if you say it too many times, you will then get an R rating. So, yeah, I wonder if TV show is... I wonder if, like, blood is straight up, like, it jumps to the next tier. Because they've shown, like, cuts, but no, like, actual, like, gashes. I think, at least in the UK, I think, like, if blood is shown from, like, weapons and stuff, I think that ups the age rating but don't quote me on that (laughs) i'm not exactly sure right and also who knows like with disney plus like i know they've had some different ratings i don't know if they have to abide by other ratings shows also on hulu and stuff everything's confusing i don't understand but i think the show is good i'm glad you think the show is good and i'm really excited for the finale but we are here mainly to talk about the premiere Yes, We were both fortunate boys, and this is so funny because in whatever episode I had you on, 
This might be, uh, as someone said, like in episode 31, I manifested it. So maybe this was the episode you were on. I think so. It was pretty like early on. <laughs> right. We definitely joked like, ha ha ha, Disney invited us to the premiere. And then they did. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> Incredible stuff. So walk me through what it was all like. I remember you got your invite before mine, yes. which was cool. And I was so happy for you. <laughs> and then I was looking at like, could I fly to London? <laughs> Could I be Joel's plus one? What do we do here? But take me through um, the whole process. Okay. So I think like the main difference between like the US premiere and the UK premiere was like the time of day it was at. Mm. So the US one was at like, I think in like the evening. Yeah, we got there at like six. And then I think the screening started at seven. And then they very politely kicked me out of the Met starting at 1130. <laughs> uh, so the UK one was at 1030 in the morning. Well, Hmm. <laughs> I, the, it all will be explained as we okay. as we continue on. So I turn up at like ten fifteen, I think, uh -huh. and they're still setting up outside um, the theater, and it's like blue carpet, like Percy Jackson, the Olympians on the floor. I'm like trying to flag someone down to get like my ticket so I can get in. Yeah. So question: When you got the invite and all that before you even got here, yeah. If you are allowed to say, I don't want you to like break any like oh. it was secret hush hush, but like was yours more straight? up because mine was just like I got the invite last minute and then there was one email that was not very helpful <laughs> so mine was pretty much like because I'm working with Disney Plus on some like sponsorship stuff mm -hmm. they were just like well we'd love for you to come along to this premiere and I was like great because I would have found some other way to get there um, <laughs> but it was just like yeah like expect like this is the invitation and I was like cool so I had like time to like prepare like an outfit and stuff mm -hmm. and then the outfit that I prepared like just didn't come together oh. uh, on, like the day, the night before. So I had to like rush to like try and pull an outfit together. And luckily I found like a really nice like blue, like velvety suit. That's awesome. So I was like, the signs are there. Yeah. I also had an outfit thing. I don't know if I talked about this on the pod, but I got the invite on, I think I got the invite on December 8th. And then the New York premiere was December 3rd. 13th oh, and wow. i was going to fly to texas to start my tour on december 9th yeah uh, so there's gonna be a whole thing but yeah that was not necessarily enough time for me to like rush put together an outfit or anything i just kind of worked with stuff that i already had but the one thing i did do is i went to a fabric store i was like asking the people at mood fabrics in new york which is a place that's like pretty well known and incredible they just have floors and floors of stuff oh wow i just went up to all the very nice workers and i was like hi i've been invited to the Percy Jackson premiere. Do you have any sort of fabric that is either aquatic or lightning bolts or Greek inspired? Any three will pass. Uh, and then there was these people who like, they knew about Percy Jackson. They were like, that's so cool. Let's try to find it. And then the best they found was like an aquatic fish pattern. It was like pink oh, wow. and it was like fish in coral <laughs> reefs. So I got that cut to the smallest size and then Kelly turned it into a pocket square. So I wore oh, that as a pocket square with that. my suit and stuff. And then similar to you, Kelly wore a blue velvet dress that got a lot of compliments from Instagram. Oh, so I love that. Look at you two on the same page with blue velvet <laughs> for the blue carpet. <laughs> I got a lot of compliments on the blue velvet as well, although I was one of the only people to like dress up. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think it was because it was at 10.30, so everyone mm. just came in like casual outfits and there was just me in a blue velvet suit like... You Let's did it right. Do this. You did it right. You um, did it right. I, mean, I was <laughs> contemplating. I didn't know with the invite. I was like, I'm not walking the carpet, am I? But part of me was like, should I rent a tux? Like, <laughs> I don't know. This might be the one opportunity. <laughs> like, this is the closest I will ever get to a red carpet. Can I 
rent a tax? <laughs> like, what is the opportunity there? But I think, like, I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same. I think the outfits we both turned out were absolutely great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then I get in. I think I was one of the first people to get in, um, which was quite fun because it was like all empty. It was split across two floors. On the bottom floor was kind of like a Camp Half-Blood bridge, um, like photo opportunities, like Camp Half-Blood t-shirts that you could get. And then upstairs they had like little activities. So they had a campfire where you could like make a necklace. Oh, fun! And like camp beads and stuff. So I made like a blue and orange necklace, like blue for Percy and then orange for Camp Half-Blood. Amazing. There was like a lot of blue food and blue drinks on the table, which we're basically like branded food with the labels taken off or like cupcakes <laughs> that had been like iced with blue icing. It was so funny. Um, Cause I was like, I swear this is like an innocent smoothie or something just with the label taken off. But you know. It's Oreos with duct tape on top of the logo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where they need to put the budget. These are PJO Rios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be fair, that, that is a cool collaboration they could do. They could do it. Nectar's favorite cookie. It's right there. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And then they had like this reaction game thing where you had to like push, like press the buttons as they light up. Oh, like a Dave and Buster's. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. So they were like test your reaction skills and all of that. And then, oh, yeah, they had this like photo machine where you could like make like a short video of you like swinging a weapon or a, a trident or a sword. So I was like, I'm going to dual wield two swords. And so mm-hmm. I'm there slashing the weapons left and right. And these like, Blades are made out of like card, cardboard ish something. I swing the sword so hard that the air cuts the blade off and sends it flying. And so I have like a video of it somewhere, but literally all you see is the blade just like spinning away. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> That's so good. Literally, the Disney attendee was just like, I wasn't even sure that could happen. You're too strong. Literally, I was like, am I a son of Aries now? What is going on? <laughs> I was just like, damn. I And then I had to be like, I broke a sword. And the Disney Plus person was just kind of like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> if you have that video, please send it my way. I'd love to put that I on will. the social media. <laughs> I will. <laughs> it's literally so funny. I, oh God. But yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then I I was just doing like the camp activities and stuff, just like being very casual. And then I just like see something in the corner of my eye and I turn and Rick Riordan and Becky Riordan are just standing there with like the security guard next to them. And I'm just like, I was mid conversation. I was just like, oh yeah. And and I was just like staring. I was like, oh God. I was like, do I go up to them? Do I not go up to them? What do I do? What do I say? I ended up checking it out because I was like, anxiety. <laughs> Let's, mm-hmm. I don't want to start a conversation and like it go badly. So they then walked away and I was like, I missed my opportunity. But one day, one season day. Two. Season, season two. Season two. <laughs> so that was that. And then I think then like Walker, Arian and Leah were like coming in as well. So everyone was like getting uh, photos of them downstairs. And I was just like, trying to see across the sea of people that had come in to like try and like figure out what was going on and like seeing them and I was like oh my god they're there and then I realized why the premiere was set at 10 30 in the morning and it was because they had actually invited a lot of like school kids (gasps) and children to come watch the premiere as like guests oh that's so neat I'm thinking it's like local like London like school children like classes and stuff who who were invited which I think was really sweet because like 
it, again, the show is made for kids. And so getting kids' reactions to the show, I think, really, like, helps gauge, like, if they're doing well, if, like, things need to be improved. And I don't know, it was just so awesome to, like, see all of these kids just kind of, like, take in the world. And I'm not sure if any of them had, like, read the books prior, but, like, it seemed like they were really engaging with all of the activities and just having lots of fun, which was really great. That's so cool. And that makes sense of why there are so many activities, because I was like, wow, this sounds like a real fun time. Whereas, <laughs> you know, the, the premiere I went to was still very cool, but it was certainly more of, like, an adult yeah. event. But that's super fun. And that's great that they got the kids involved. I'm sure Rick was super happy about that. Oh, yeah. I think he was, too. I think it might have been his idea, although I'm not too sure about that. But I think it was just so cool to have them there. And plus, like, the adult premiere in America, the map, I just looked gorgeous. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was very cool and still ridiculous that I was there. So then did you actually watch, like, the first two episodes in, like, a proper theater yes. theater? So, like, they were like, come on, we have to go in now. So everyone just, like, we all got, like, assigned seats. And I was very close mm. to the front which was really nice but as we were going in they gave us like a bucket of like blue popcorn <gasps> to eat whilst we were watching the show so I was like oh this is quite nice cool. and so we were able to like go down take our seats and then um, we had like an introduction from like a television presenter and then Rick and Becky came out along with our main trio and they basically were just like answering questions and like going over like um, kind of why the show like what they did with the show and why they're excited about it and then just answering questions about their characters and then we watched the very first two episodes i think this was like the weekend before it came out for everyone else yeah i believe it was like it was the 16th and then i think the show dropped on the 19th yeah something like that i believe yeah. so so yeah so then we watched the very first two episodes and when i tell you i was literally glued to that seat the entire time the seats reclined so i was just like sat back in a recliner my head looking up to the like cinema oh. screen and i was just like i think as soon as it started i started crying oh. i was like oh my god i was oh. like I'm already in this. Like, I think I cried three times during the two episodes just because I was, like, so overwhelmed with emotion of, like, how this show was, like, coming to life. Like, as soon as I heard, look, I didn't want to be a half-blood. I was like... <laughs> Uh-oh. Like, that's, like, the first thing in the whole thing. <laughs> like, oh, no, this is going to be a long two hours. I was uh. like, oh, my God. But it was just so good. And some of my, like, content creator friends were, like, also in the theater like so every time like something would happen i just like kind of glance over to see what their reactions were and uh, <laughs> it was just it was so much fun i i really loved it and it's definitely one of those like unforgettable experiences that you're kind of like are with you forever yeah that's really cool who was the tv presenter was it someone famous like a famous british person i don't think so okay. i can't even remember i can't even remember his name but he he was like a presenter for children on like cbb's which is i think it was CBBS oh, anyway cool. which is like a children's like tv um channel i i think he was basically just to like help the kids like kind of manage their volumes and so mm. he was going through like volume exercises with them which i thought was quite fun so all of the adults also joined in so it was it was a lot of fun that is super cool that's really fun and then was there anything afterwards or like when the screening was over was it kind of like ushering you all out it was like a little bit of like hanging around on the bottom floor like getting photos and stuff so i was like i'll get some like whilst i'm here and then picking up like uh, some freebies to go and then yeah it was pretty much like as soon as the premiere was over it was kind of like everyone needs to leave now like slowly make your way out towards the exit and I was like okay <laughs> and then yeah I think after that I what did I do after that I think it was just like a casual day out in London after that 
and just amazing recuperating and processing everything and then making very many tweets about like my thoughts about the very first two episodes because i was just like i need to get them out now because otherwise my brain is going to process them too much yeah oh that's awesome was the theater that they had it at anything famous in london or was it just kind of like at a movie theater it was like at the odeon i think it was the odeon lux oh okay or the odeon in leicester square so it was like one of the big theaters mm-hmm. and like it and it's like a really nice theater with really nice seats and i'm very tempted to go back there just to watch a film because like it was just such a nice theater to sit in i was just like in a very like big location which i thought was pretty cool and like all of the they had an ice sculpture i just remember <gasps> Oh, they yeah. had like a massive ice sculpture of like a hand holding the lightning bolt. Oh, cool. Or the master bolt. So I was just like, whoa. But it was melting. So I was, I think I literally, because I love to hyperfixate on things. I literally think I spent five minutes just watching the ice melt. Just being like, is it just going to go, <laughs> like, is the is the lightning just going to split in half? It didn't, luckily. But nice. it it was it was pretty cool. The funniest thing though, as we left, like the after watching the very first two episodes, and I r- went upstairs to just like uh, I think I was like, oh, I'll quickly grab a cupcake before I leave. Everything had gone. Whoa. Like all of the food, all of the drink. I was like, damn, they were they're quick about this. They must have like a time that they need to leave by. Right. It was just very much like get your photos and leave. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think they had a nice sculpture at the Met one as well. I think it was in the logo, like the one that says like Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, I, I didn't check out the melting of it though, but I feel like it wasn't there after the premiere. So I wonder if when people went into the movie theater, they, they were did like, quickly, something freeze with it. it. Freeze well, it. Or, or yeah, or just like flush it down the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> they it's did got a massive melt. toilet for that, like, ma- like for that ice sculpture. I know. Gosh, I, the thing that did hurt me the most because I feel like at the Met one, since it was so long, like it, you know, by the time we were done watching the screener, like they started the screener at seven. They had a little bit of talking in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I want to say like probably by nine o'clock that was done, maybe even earlier. Yeah. And all the food I think had pretty much gone just because like people were eating it. They had it out and stuff. But I did see at the end of the night, they had like this bar in the middle of the Met and people were doing drinks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me... As someone who's like, A, getting older and drinking less, and B, someone who just like didn't want to spend my time in line getting drinks, and yeah, then yeah. C, just being like, I don't want to run the risk of getting drunk. I want to remember everything vividly. <laughs> uh, I didn't spend much time getting any sort of drink, mm-hmm. but I did see at the end of the night, Kelly and I were just trying to get water because we were... <laughs> thirsty and our throats hurt from talking to everyone for hours and we were able to get some water but then they were just like pouring out like bottles of coke and dr pepper and stuff (laughs) which like i guess makes sense because if this was at a bar or a movie theater like they would have a fridge or something Mm -hmm. but it is the man so i guess there's like nowhere to keep like two liter bottles of coke but they were like opening unopened two liter things and just like pouring them out of drain it's like Surely, it was like me. It was like it was like me and all the Percy Jackson podcasters. We were like, uh, "We'll take." Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll I don't this. know what to do, but I'll take this coke. I don't know. Like, oh my god! That, yeah, wow. it was. It, yeah, I, I don't know how much like total waste there was, but mm-hmm. I would have gladly taken some stuff home. Just like, I, and Thank they you. were, yo, great. Mm-hmm. And I've come home with twenty two liters of coke, and I don't drink soda. What do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, that is super cool. I'm glad you had a fun time. I love that we manifested this into reality. It yes. actually happened. Absolutely bizarre. Were any of the goodies for takeaway pretty cool? As um, I as I show my little poster of the end credits thing that they gave to us. I wish they gave us that. Um, I, we got like a little photo that we could take a, like a little photo booth thing, which was quite nice. Camp Half-Blood t-shirts. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. But I think those were like the main two takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish we got like the poster with the end credits kind of. Yeah. It looks so good. I hope they put them up for sale because mm. they're cool. I assume a lot of people would get them. The art is very pretty. And then Rick himself posted something on Instagram, I think, of the end credits. I think of like the poster that they were giving out. And I yeah. think he even put in the comments like, I hope people put it up for sale. So yeah, like, like maybe on. they will maybe they will listen to Rick. But yeah, it's uh it's cool. Yeah. But no, that's cool that you got some the beads that they gave you. Did they have anything on the designer? Was it just kind of like plain blue and it plain was just orange? like they had like a rainbow of colors, but it was just they were just all plain beads. That makes but, sense. Like, I, I'm like, well, I or I'm always gonna know what it's for because the blue and the orange so <laughs> you go home with a little exacto knife and carve out <laughs> your own <Percy>. trident <laughs> b-e-r <laughs> oh man well joel thank you so much for joining and giving us that fun insight about the uk premiere congrats thank again you. for being able to go that is super cool you too and Oh, thank you. Thank you. And hopefully we will, you know, like, let's do an annual roundup of this. Like, let's, oh, yeah. let's hope, because uh, I don't even know, like, will they do this for season two if there is a season two? I mean, I, I have would no hope idea. so. Maybe they, I, I mean, they do I, like, special screenings, but. I would love it. I, as, as someone who's personally invested in this, I really hope they do it. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Come on, please, everyone, please, please, please. But yeah, we'll, we'll try to make a habit of doing this. Uh, but thank you for joining. If people want to find you doing stuff, where can they find you? doing Ooh, stuff i am everywhere at fictional fates basically like that is what i love to do and what i love to do so check me out on basically any platform or well, any social platform uh at fictional fates amazing well joel thank you for joining listeners thanks for listening and until i post something else to the feed which i think will be our coverage of the season one finale episode eight <gasps> until then i'll proceed you later Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of The New Olympian. This podcast is created, hosted, and produced by me, Mike Schuber. I also run the social media and the website. Our editor is normally Sherry Guo, but I've been doing all of the editing work on these bonus episodes. The music is by Bettina Kampamanas and Brandon Grugel, and the art is by Jessica E. Boyd. If you are enjoying the show and you can't get enough, there is bonus content galore over at thenewstolympian.com slash Patreon. You also get access to the Discord, which is a really fun community where people have been talking about the books and the show and the books that I've been even read yet so if you are looking for people to discuss things with past where i have read you can go and check out the discord as part of the patreon but if financially you can't join the patreon but you still want that sense of community we have a subreddit reddit.com slash r slash the new olympian and then we also have a facebook page at new olympian where there are two groups one which is spoiler filled so that is anything goes and spoiler free which is caught up with the podcast so there's a whole bunch of fun community elements around tno that you can join which is really fun and you you can just get in the comment sections of the replies on social media. And if you come to live shows, people come as strangers and leave as friends. And it's just lovely. It's 
the stuff that makes me so happy. The community that forms around the show is just so cool, and I really, really appreciate it. But I really appreciate you listening to the show. We will be here with another full-fledged episode, the final one about an actual episode of the TV show this coming Wednesday. The guest is Kelly Schuber. I'm a big fan of hers. I think you probably are as well. And that is going to be a really fun time. But until you hear that episode, we'll see you later. Bye.